Welcome to Intuitive Art Sales. This is the show where I, Jessica Craddock, am going to teach you how to source your art marketing from within. You're going to practice claiming that authentic art business that you want and leading it the most natural way for you to get there. You're going to learn to get connected to your intuition, your confidence, and your community so that you can sell your art consistently while holding strong boundaries on your work-life balance. I am here with Miss Danica Factor, who is an acrylic artist. She paints mostly florals with rich colors to create a joyful feeling in your soul. Isn't that nice? I love that. She started painting as a therapeutic outlet from around 2018 to 2021 and discovered through having friends in her house that it made people feel happy and joyful. So she opened up an Instagram account. And now she is selling in shows, but she's having a hard time connecting with people digitally, which is pretty common at the phase in business that you are in. And she's hoping to start replacing her corporate income. So that's where we are at today. Welcome, Danica. How are you? Thank you. I'm so good. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm so excited too. I think this is going to be a really great episode. I know just a little sneak peek of what's going on because I have everybody fill out a little application. So she's kind of told me a little bit about what's going on already, but normally I like to start with where are you at today and where do you want to go? And I feel like we covered that pretty good right there in that intro. And I kind of already know what your question is. And there's a couple of different ways that I might want to go with it. So would you just mind kind of sharing where you're at and what you're wanting help with. Yeah, absolutely. So I think in my my art journey, I've gone through this phase of really learning the art, learning how to put the emotion on the canvas and also kind of finding your buyer, you know, the person that really gets joyful from your art. Now the challenge for me, I think is when I go to these art fairs, I'm getting, you know, lots of good revenue. I'm meeting a lot of good people that enjoy the art. But now it's really almost about how do I now shift into the digital space, right? You can only go to so many art shows to connect with your audience. So how do I really move into the digital space? And then I think the other side of it is how do I bring those people that were in those art shows that loved my art and purchased my art to now, I call it a fellowship, right? They want to watch everything you do and they're excited about your art and they want to come back for more. And so I think that's the stage I'm really at is how to drive digital business and then how to drive repeat business. Mm. Those are similar, different questions. So where do I want to start? Actually, I want to start by answering your question with a question. (laughs) (laughs) In those spaces where it worked really well for you, where you found people who connected with what you were doing and started to become a part of that fellowship and now you want to bring them further how did you make that initial connection in the first place what happened to make that happen so when you see my setups you really see the color and the emotion like immediately like it grabs you so what I notice is people that love my art or like my art will stop and they just it's like they're taking it all in And then I use that as a point to say hello and introduce myself and try to learn a little bit about that person. And it's really about engaging in the conversation. And then it usually comes into, they ask why I do the art, 
And I think that's where that piece really changes for a lot of this fellowship is as I talk about my background and what drove me to do art, they can connect very quickly to it and to a lot of their own experiences. So that's usually how the purchase really happens, right? Because now they're going, oh, I, I've had that happen to me, right? Or I've experienced yeah. that. I'm a mom too. So they take that art with them as a place of a way to remember that emotion that they were feeling. That's how it usually comes into the purchase. Are you open to going down that rabbit hole some more, like talking about what that experience is and why they connect to it? Or would you rather pivot a little bit? Yeah, I can share. I can definitely share. So you shared, I started art in 2018. I was living in New Jersey and moved back to my childhood like area. So I was very close to where I was raised as a child. And I was really put in front of the emotional abuse and control that I went through as a child very quickly, right? Like everything came flooding back of this is how you were raised. This is what you experienced. And it was a really confusing time because I was a new mom. I had an amazing husband, a great corporate life. And so I was going through anxiety and depression and was like, why now? Right? This doesn't make sense. Everything's great. And so I started seeing a therapist and I couldn't get my words out. I couldn't get out what I was feeling. And so she said, you know, do you like art? And I said, yeah, I used to do that a lot, you know, in college when I was stressed. And she goes, start doing art. Like, even if it's simple, doodles, just start putting it on. And all of a sudden, Jessica, it flew, like it just all came out. And every day, a piece of my healing journey was there on a canvas. And I could all of a sudden talk about it through the picture. Mm. And so I think all of us in some fashion, you know, some of us may have had great childhood experiences, but maybe you had a bad experience with a friend. Maybe you had a bad experience with a loss or a death, right? I think we all can connect to being a child is actually difficult, right? Like we want to say it's great and it's <laughs> right? all these good things, but it is, there's a really big aspect that's hard. And so I think we can all relate to, we all need a little bit of that child healing. And so I think a lot of people, when I share that story, they go, I get it. I get it. And I get why it's vibrant because you're telling that little kid, it's okay. Like, it's okay. We're going to be okay. So, yeah. Is that, so just to clarify when they ask how it came about, that is the story you tell. And then they say, oh, I understand. Yeah, yes. I'll usually preface it by this might be triggering, right? Um, right. Maybe you want me to stop sharing. But if they truly, I think you can tell when people are genuinely interested in your story, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's part of the challenge is digitally, you're not connecting with somebody eye to eye, right? You're connecting with a computer, you're connecting with technology. And so to me, you become very overly vulnerable. So it's mm -hmm. harder. Yeah, I get that. I really do. And it's something that I have had to work through for myself in being able to open up and feel vulnerable and be myself online. And honestly, from the outside in, someone that looks at my stuff probably would be like, that's not vulnerable. But for me, it is. And the longer that I've created content, I'm going on six or seven years now, I don't even know at this point, the more vulnerable it gets to me. And for me, it's just, it's a little bit at a time. If I were to encourage someone else, I'd be like, do it faster than me. Let me help you like push through that. So you don't have to drag it out forever, but it's also a thing that will never stop. There will always be that growing and learning. 
So there's really, like I said earlier, I think there's two different directions we could go here because one is I think that fear of being vulnerable can, is that the word you would use vulnerable? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that fear of being vulnerable can be a big red stop sign where even if you know how and what, you're still not going to do it. Yeah. Or it could be that you're willing and you're ready to dip your toe in, but you just don't know how. And so you need like some guidance around the best way to start. And that's Which do you think would be the most helpful? The second one. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I think I've gotten through the fear, right? That was why I tried the craft shows first. I was like, yeah. okay, that's where I'm comfortable talking to people. So I think that's, you're absolutely right. I'm ready. It's just kind of now, okay, how do I now do this? <laughs> how do yeah. I now do this process? So what I like to take my clients through is a kind of an evaluation of what are your values that relate back to the thing. I usually have about three of them, three kind of overarching topics, but for the purpose of today's discussion to keep it, you know, not super lengthy, I'd like to do one with you. And I almost feel like that word may or may not be a value. It might be that you want to talk about trauma, abuse, healing, something like in that realm, is there a word that you would choose that feels the most aligned for you? I think it's the healing piece. Healing. It's healing and authenticity. Cause that's really what abuse takes away from you is finding the authentic truth of who you are. And you find that through healing. So you already kind of started. So what I like to do is name that one word and you said healing and you said authenticity, but I almost feel like authenticity is actually the word today Yeah. because what we do from there is we take that word and we say, why is this word unique to you? What do you believe about this word? How do you think about it differently than other people? What are the benefits of this word to you? Etc. So you already said that abuse takes authenticity away from you. And that is a unique viewpoint. That is not something that I've ever heard anyone say before. That's something that would make me stop and think and go, oh, yes, me too. I relate to that. So what you wanted earlier at the beginning of this was you wanted to find out how to talk about your story in a way that people can relate to that will want to stay on that journey with you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you something that I was actually talking about in a coaching call earlier today. A lot of times we get scared to say the same thing over and over. think that people are going to get bored or stop listening, not want to hear it anymore. Like, why are you still talking? And this is this voice in our head, right? Yeah. So what really switched that voice for me was using Instagram. Because when I scroll through my feed, it'll show me, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 people I know at the top. And then it'll start showing me random stuff that I didn't ask for, but apparently I'm interested in because I keep scrolling. (laughs) (laughs) 
So every that now dog, and then that dog's that dog story all the time, right? Or the puppy. Exactly. So <laughs> they'll really nail it and they'll get something that I just love. And I'm like, yes, Instagram algorithm did it again. And I'll click through to that person's profile. And what I'm looking for is are they saying that? similar same thing in different ways and if they're not I don't hit the follow button I don't want to continue on my journey with that person I just take that as a nice little gem that they put out into the world but I don't really relate to anything else that they did I want more of that thing that made me stop my scroll and click through to their profile so that phrase that you used Abuse takes authenticity away from you. There's a million different ways you can talk about that. You can tell different stories of yours. You can talk about your healing journey. You can like, there's lots of different ways that you can say that same thing. But unless you say it over and over, people aren't going to get it. They're not going to hear it. You're not going to get that connection that you are when you're talking face to face and telling people about your story. The other thing that you said is authenticity is about finding the truth of who you really are, which is kind of the definition of authenticity, but also it's a really nice way to say it that probably isn't used very often. Mm -hmm. So that could be a second phrase for you. And let me also say, you don't have to nail these perfectly. like, The way that I help clients get these is just by saying, okay, tell me about that, ready, go, and letting them ramble. If you're not a talker, you can journal if you have ever used daily pages or automatic writing or something along those lines where you just say whatever you say, you can go back and put a box around some of that stuff. Like what stands out to me? So we've got two. I like to have three. I feel like that just gives you a nice little variety of ways to talk about authenticity in a way that is authentic to you. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you don't mind, would you just like to tell me about authenticity and why that's important and how it's helped you heal and what you love about it and whatever you want to say? ready go so through my healing journey which was really interesting what abuse creates a box so whether you're emotional abuse sexual abuse physical abuse whatever that looks like to you that you experience it puts you in a box someone is trying to control you it's all about control and when you're put in a box imagine do you think about what's outside the box do you try to become what's outside the box If you're abused, every time you do that, you're not going to do that, right? You're going to say, how do I survive in the box? So in that situation, I think what for me, I learned as I healed was as I learned that the box doesn't exist, somebody put it around me, right? It's it's really not there. It's kind of magical, right? Is you open your eyes to this beautiful world that somebody told you isn't beautiful. So you see the beautiful colors, you see the beautiful trees, you see the beautiful animals, and you start believing people are beautiful. And for me, what that then did is it said, wow, Danica is also beautiful. Danica is also powerful. She's courageous. She can get through so many hard things in life and be successful. So what I, 
you know, when I really think about authenticity is it gave me this beautiful view of life. And now I know in my interactions, I'm showing up in my best self and I can help others and I can bring joy into them rather than walking into relationships and being in that box, not looking around. Right. So hopefully I explained that. Okay. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, thank you. Really? Oh, like, thank you. I think this is going to be way easier for you than you think it is. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I think you've already got a really good handle probably from three years of doing the artwork as therapy that gave you everything that you need to know already. So you said, and some of these things are kind of duplicates, but I just want to like reiterate what you said. And you tell me that's the one, that's the one, that's the one, that's not the one. Okay. So you said it gave me a beautiful view of life. It opens your eyes to a beautiful world. You were told was not beautiful. Yep. Somebody put a box around me. How do I survive in a box? Abuse puts you in a box. It's about control. Abuse takes your authenticity away from you. Authenticity helps you find the truth of who you are. Of those things, do any they kind of resonate more yeah. than the others for you? I think that beautiful view does. Cause that's kind of how I feel in my art, right? Is if I was that child and I saw the world as I see it now today, that's what I'm putting on the canvas, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that beautiful view really, really connects is authenticity gives you a more beautiful and real view of life. Beautiful and real. And then the part where you said, open your eyes to a beautiful world you were told wasn't beautiful. It could turn into more of a narrative about what you just said. I also really resonated with abuse puts you in a box. It's about control, Got it. which does and doesn't directly say authenticity, but that is how you say it. That is your view of it. So it's not that every single time we have to say the word authentic, authentic, authentic. It's more about getting our views out into the world. Yep. And that's accurate. Yeah, that's accurate. And that makes a lot of sense too, because it's saying, I think the part of my story, which I'm struggling with is how do you frame it? Right. And I think what you're saying mm -hmm. is frame, right. And then the healing is where you find how to take the abuse out of you, right. It helps you find who you truly are. Yeah. So, yeah. so what you're basically doing is you're starting with the end. What are you really trying to say? And then how, what are all the different ways that I can actually say that thing? But the more that you can say that thing, the more people are going to go, that's what she's about. That's why I connect with her. You should listen to this girl. You probably would really relate to what she's saying. She says this, Danica says this. So this is essentially how I create a brand. Oh. This is your brand. Got it. Which I think is very cool because we don't have to worry about like, Sure, we can pick some colors and fonts and stuff, but yeah, people don't go, ooh, she uses number 2347GS as her <laughs> color. I love that one. Luminous rose. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your starting map for, if, if you will. I would, if I were you, 
Well, you have already picked one more word. So we've got authenticity, healing, and then maybe one more. Sometimes people just want two, and that's fine. But I like to have three because it gives you, it's almost like more ways to say a, a similar thing. Yeah. And it can be something different. Like we've got healing authenticity and let's just make one up. It could be fun. Like now you know how to enjoy life. And that's not necessarily about being authentic or healing, but it is. It's all related. It all comes back together. We're reading each other's minds because I just wrote celebration. Yes. Like exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then you can even take it a step further once you have nine little phrases and like look at them and say, what story does this tell? And that can become your elevator speech or your bio or your about page. You can, you know, one sentence to paragraphs. So it just it starts to come together really nicely with this format. Sounds great. So your question at the beginning of this was, how do I dip my toe in and start telling my story? Be vulnerable without being too vulnerable yet trying to figure it out do you feel like this gives you a good framework to do that do you have any questions do you see yourself getting hung up trying to get started where are you at I think this is super helpful for framing it for sure and and speaking about it I think the starter believe it or not for me is I haven't even shared my story with my family Mm. and I haven't shared my story with a lot like a lot of my Like I would say my closest friends know we've had conversations, but what's interesting is I would say the people that you would think are your kind of inner circle. It's ironic that more people that don't know me actually know than my family does because it it presents this huge, well, wait, what do you mean? What does that mean? What? You know what I mean? And a lot of people, I, I think the other side of abuse is people don't actually understand it. So people understand you know, you get thrown down the stairs, right? Or you get smacked on the face or, you know, the other areas. And I think people understand, but that's the other side of it. I think I've been struggling with is that's my starting, right? Is okay. Now I speak my truth. Now I speak my authenticity. Hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. I'll also be real honest with you here and say that when I decided, okay, I'm going to start speaking my truth. I'm going to put it out there and I don't care if the internet knows so much. It's more like, what if the people who actually know me know? Yes, yes. So when I started, I created a filter for myself and I removed people from my feed and I created a separate newsletter list that said, filter these people out because this particular newsletter is going to hit a little too close to home and I'm not ready to go there yet. And it actually has helped me get my feet under me. And I won't say that I have conquered it because I have not, but I do feel like it is easier to dip my toe in with the real people now that I have started to feel more comfortable speaking it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. So that's an option. Is that the healthiest way to do it? I'll let you decide. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think the reality of it though, is that the healthiest way is for what makes me feel good to help me heal. 
right? I think the place I'm at is the reality is the reality is the reality. Like facts are facts. And so I think you're right. I think the phase is I need to really come to terms with, okay, now it's going to be out there. And if you don't like it, I'm really sorry you don't like it, but it's the truth. It is my truth. And that's part of healing and authenticity anyways, right? Yeah. Is you, you don't have to give me a call. You don't have to come back to my house. And that's part of what I think makes us amazing human beings. And you find your people that, that lift you up. And so I think it's now is the right time. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. And I will say that eventually they're going to find it anyway oh, at some sweet. point. And if you don't have to be the one to break all the news. Sometimes that's super helpful. Yeah, but I think you're, I think you're right. That's what I think is actually going to probably be better is they kind of start, I think they also need some warming. Right. And so it's kind of interesting that the more I was thinking about it yesterday is a, this is kind of what my audience needs too. They're going to need a warming because my audience has also been following me and the digital audience doesn't know the other audience does. And so I think I'm going to have to warm my whole audience of, Hey, this is the truth. You know, it's not just, Hey, I had some panic attacks and anxiety, went to therapy. This is the reality. Right. Right. And some people are going to love you for it. And some people aren't, and that's okay. I know that in theory, you know this, but that is my favorite thing about entrepreneurship and having an online business and creative entrepreneurship and all the things, because you get to build, like it is your choice to build this tribe of support around you. And it's not just a business. It is, and it isn't. It's like a support network of people that you love, that you want to connect with, that you want to have in your world and in your sphere. And that's priceless. Whether you make $0 or you make a hundred million dollars. Totally agree. And I know that's important to you too, because that was something you keep saying the word fellowship. Like I want to find my fellowship. This is how you do it. Yeah. Because they also, I think they helped me through it too, right? Like there was a piece I had just done that I took all these magazine pieces of like what I wished my future self would feel like. And it was really hard to like put it out there because I had the perfect song to go with it, which is Matilda by Harry Styles. I don't know if you like, if you've heard that song. Look. Okay. But it's basically this beautiful song that he's saying, I see that you went through this as, as a child and you're still experiencing it. He's saying this to a woman, you can tell. And so mm-hmm. I had made this painting about my wish for my future self and I put it up and there was this comment that came through my DMS and it was all of a sudden, like all the worry I had had about posting what had happened just completely changed. And I was like, she's the one I'm painting this for. She sees it. She gets it. She needs it as much as I do. Right. Um, so yeah, I hear you. Totally hear you. So the other thing I'll throw out and then we probably need to wrap up is that I like to have a, let's just call it a mantra that my clients can use to like help them through those moments and like write down every day to keep going. And the second part of it is, and I inspire others to have the same. So Maybe it's something like, mm, I'm looking at your words here. I inspire others to show up as who they are. I have a, a beautiful life full of fellowship, healing, and authenticity, and I inspire others to have it. That's a good one. I like that. You can change the words. I change mine every so often. 
just maybe I'll tweak this word or that phrase, but it's just really nice to have to help help you remember and ground you and say, this is why I'm doing this in the first place. I like it. Thank you. That's welcome. You're welcome. I knew this was going to be fun. Thanks for doing it with me. It was. Thank you. <laughs> you are so welcome. All right. Well, Miss Danica, if they want to check out your Instagram and see how you are progressing, because this probably won't be out for a month or two after we've recorded it. Pressure. Yeah. Find <laughs> out there. Ready to go. Yep. Where can they find you? Yeah, they can find me at Danica Factor Art on Instagram. And then my website is also danicafactorart.com. And those are the best places. Awesome. Let's see. I'm going to spell it D-A-N-I-C-A-F-A-C-T-O-R-A-R-T on Instagram. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Have a lovely rest of your week. And I'm going to make sure that you get started because I want to watch. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to hit subscribe so that you can get new episodes loaded straight onto your phone as soon as they're ready. And as an added bonus, when you subscribe, it helps other artists find this advice so we can learn how to make our art more valuable as a community. What could be better than that? And be sure to say hello and let me know you've been listening over on Instagram. My handle is at artistmarketcup. I would love to hear from you.